Listening Dog Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Offside Rule. We get it. World Cup Specials. Well, we're down on Copacabana Beach. We've just had an interview ourselves with H&J on TalkSport, haven't we, Kate? We have. It's very nice to see them as well, all kind of brazilian up. And I'm... I feel so pleased to have seen Andy in a small pair of trunks as well and filming his Southern Comfort app. But we'll have to put a link up of that. Nearly 10,000 views. Some, someone likes it, Andy, I tell you. Yeah, we've, we've dragged you down here to have a chat with us now. Um, actually, we'll start with the Southern Comfort advert. Kate's obviously a big fan. Um, how long did that take to film? And I know that it's something that's been mentioned to you before that you look a little bit like the man from the advert. I do. I haven't quite got his curly hair. I wish I did. And actually, we've got a brilliant guy here, James Bragg, who, who basically received searched the advert and he had all the shots lined up so it was a relatively easy process. He shot, it on, he shot it on steady cam. I mean the sort of thing you see used by Sky at matches. I mean he, had, he did some great shots, did a very good job didn't he? he did. But the thing is when you're working with Paul it's never easy. I mean uh, he's standing off again, what, what name was it? Dave Angel you're saying? He, he was walking a bit like Dave Angel from the far <laughs> show so the music should have been Moonlight Shadow. Seriously, I am Britain's worst actor as everybody knows but we had an incident afterwards where I was just telling you before uh, I had to swap my glasses. I wear sort of very strong-sighted glasses. And I was wearing the, the cameraman's sunglasses, and we kind of swapped over various things. And by the time it came for me to swap them back, he'd lost my glasses. And they, we searched the beach. I couldn't because I couldn't even. I was just standing there. I had to be led back across the road like a sort of you know guide dog, really. And uh, well, I wasn't the guide dog. The people who were leading me, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I lost the glasses. I never got them back. I think they'd been lifted, actually. No, no, we got them. Uh, I think they'd been uh, lifted. And also, Gareth Southgate lost his trainers. Yeah. Uh, he went for a quick swim, a few seconds, came back, gone. Oh. So uh, that's an offside rule podcast exclusive. Yeah. We haven't done that on the show We've yet. Not done that on the show. That's yours. <laughs> Gareth Southgate trainer's gone. We feel absolutely honoured for that, <laughs> and it's uh, and it's no surprise. Although anyone who knows their football here may may think twice about uh, pay, taking a penalty with those uh, if the need ever arises. Oh. Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, am I right in saying that that you film this advert with no? amount of vision at all because you're a bit like me whenever you take off your glasses I'm like I'm like Velma I'm completely useless I can't, I can't define anyone's faces it's all just blobs basically yeah. so you you kind of film the whole of the advert without being able to see properly does that explain this slightly comedic walk no that's just the way I walk no I had a piece of string on the beach I was just as a guide string no I can't see you know it's just I can't you know, I can't make anything out too clearly but people seem to like it so it's a lot of fun and I know you've been doing a lot of video stuff and we have which is quite unusual for us, really, because we don't normally get seen in vision. I think people have had quite a shock. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just uh, tell us a little bit about your setup here. So you've got your show, which you've had, and you're, you're out here for two weeks, yeah. and then the rest of the day, I believe, is yours to go and experience what you like. Yeah, well, the, the show's really has been have become about the experience. So our job was to add a kind of bit of colour. There was no point in us being here just doing football stuff. There's other people who can do that better than us. So I mean, there's been elements of it, and we have football chats, but essentially it's to go out and experience what it's like to watch a World Cup and be in the country while the World Cup's on and we just sort of bring that to the show the following day we're always making notes and writing down what we're doing and recording it on the phone so 
we're ready. We're doing little packages. We went to Belgium, Russia yesterday and recorded it basically from the point we got off at the Maracanã where the crowds were mad, getting into the stadium, what the sight lines are like, people around us, fans, what went on in the game. Uh, and the fact, little things like um, people took ages to come back after half-time, even though you could get a beer and food quite quickly, actually. That was one of the things that was right about it. It wasn't massive queues if you wanted a drink. There was enough vendors there. People came back very slow. The people next to us took 25 minutes to come back. Minutes. I said to Paul, the time, they must have just, we came back with the handbags, they must have just gone to McDonald's and watched the game in there. Yeah. And it's so hard getting tickets for the World Cup. Why would you do that? It's incredible. But anyway, they were hungry. Yeah, I'm well, sure they were. So, yeah, we just that's that's been our remit, and uh, hopefully we've been we've been doing a decent job. That and taking the mickey out of Ian Abrahams, yeah, yeah. which is basically that's at least half the show. Half the show, at least, yeah, I'd say. He's yeah. had an awful lot of stick, hasn't he, certainly? Did you think you saw him earlier? You saw him in his Brazil shirt. How sexy was that for you two, really? It's like George Clooney, wasn't it? Well, um, I'm not sure what I want to say about the, the vision of Ian Abrahams in his Brazil shirt. Um, it's quite low. I tell you, it's quite low cut because of the nape of the neck, and we were saying because he's you know he's, he's slightly moved up. It's a lovely cleavage. So I mean, so he really needed a necklace to draw your attention away from his cleavage. You know, it needed. He's it basically needed a, bought a rip-off shirt, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, because yeah, he has, it isn't yeah. an official shirt. No, it it kind of looks like looks like looks like BHS have done their own version. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but he's also rather kind of hopefully got got sort of Neymar written across it as well yeah. and I couldn't think of two more contrasting things no, than, than this and Neymar yeah he's not going to be mistaken he's not a Neymar lookalike is he <laughs> no he certainly isn't yeah. um, well let's let's next talk about England because part of your journey and being here for the first couple of weeks has been seeing England what have you made made of it all because it's been a bit of a, a dampener I guess for your trip the thing was, you say seeing England, we, we, we didn't have tickets, for the, we weren't lucky like you two, we didn't have tickets for the game. We watched it in the uh, spawn of the sponsors' hotels and uh, it was quite interesting because they didn't have quite as many people as they thought they were going to have. So they thought it would be a very good idea to go and drag in a load of England blockheads off the street and bring them into the bar and give them free beer. Yeah. Yes, go and Paul, take it from there. It wasn't great, was it? No, they were just, they were, at one point, I have to paraphrase the language, but they were shouting, <laughs> off you foreigners, <laughs> screaming at uh, the screen while the game was on. So continue you're in someone else's country watching yeah. a game of football uh, uh, on their hospitality, which was a bit much. One bloke, one bloke from New York said, I can't believe it, it's free beer. After the died and gone to heaven, I mean, you know, it was incredible, really. So, but, so it was an interesting experience, difficult experience. Watching England lose isn't great, but watching it there was even less great, to be honest. Yeah, um, there's been a few England fans sort of going through, most of them sort of decent, reasonable ones, and there's been some in the fan park. Um, but, you know, the, the, say the big invading armies here were Argentina when we first got here, who uh, just took the place over, and then the Chileans, who were brilliant. And they sort of, they were inclusive in their party, and the Argentinians sort of partied amongst each other. They were a little kind of enclave, whereas the Chileans mixed with everybody and were very friendly and very nice. They had a slightly different take on it to the Argentinian fans, some of them anyway. Being uh, in radio, we very rarely get recognised. No, we never get recognised. But there I was in the Copacabana. This bloke came up to me and said, you're Andy Jacobs, aren't you from TalkSport? I was quite knocked out about that. It was great. Fantastic. We've seen, actually, a lot of England supporters, well, certainly when England were still in it, we found a lot of England supporters from other countries. So we found that whilst there might not be, you know, huge amounts of England fans here, mm. there were certainly enough people from other countries supporting us as well. And I think, I think people take kindly to us. I don't know whether it's because they know that we'll probably buy them a free beer if they support our country, <laughs> but we've but 
but we found that, and, and, and also a lot of South American fans supporting each other, which you wouldn't have thought, because there are obviously some, some, some very certain rivalries yeah. there, aren't there? But I think there's certainly been a, been a unity amongst the South American teams that I hadn't expected. Well, not Brazil-Argentina, no. because uh, in the fan zone, we watched Argentina play in the fan zone, and Messi, uh, when they won uh, first, first game, yeah, yeah. 2 1, wasn't it? First game. Um, yeah, and the Brazilians are all cheering for uh, the opposition, weren't they? Yeah, and uh, the Argentina fans, of course, right behind England. They really wanted us to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> they sing a song. I didn't. They, they bounce. They were doing it on the tubes. There was some footage of the Metro going to the game, and the train is actually bouncing up and down. And they bounce at games and in the fan zone. Um, and there's a line in the song, which is Andy. Cheers. He who doesn't jump is an Englishman. <laughs> so they're suggesting that we don't have their passion. We wouldn't do that because we're English. We don't have their passion for football. So we, they acknowledge that in the song. Yeah, we do, but we just don't show it in the same way, you know. So uh, we are passionate. And we're all, I can see you two as well. We're all very disappointed. We joke about it because we're stoic and we're British and English and we sort of make fun of it. But in the end, you know, the truth of the matter is it would have been better if England had gone through. It would have been better for all of us and more fun and something to look forward to. But it's not the way it is, so we'll just have to keep going and enjoy the other teams who are still here. <laughs> oh, our drinks have arrived. That's good. <laughs> I see Lindsay ordered a caipirina. Blimey. I know. Uh, any, any excuse, Andy. Any excuse. Yeah. And, and at the end of the interview, she'll be oh, I love you too, <laughs> honestly. They are so strong. On the beach along here, this, we're in a little uh, one of the kiosks right on Copacabana here, but further along the beach, if you head down to Ipanema, they sell them for about one pound fifty. One pound, one pound. Taking your breath away, that isn't it? One pound fifty for a cocktail, and we were slightly worried the alcohol in it might make us go blind. But they were they were sensational. They're really good. I was about to ask whether that was rum or petrol in there, Lindsay. Yeah. It was probably hard, hard, hard to tell. You know those petrol stations in the middle of the Copacabana. Yeah. Yeah. That's where they get That's it where from. They make it. <laughs> That explains it all. <laughs> they, they, yeah, potent, potent. Um, in terms of the other little anecdotes that you've had along your journey here, I mean, what's been your standout little memories? It might have just been a couple of observations. I know you've been making notes on each of your days. Yeah, I've got no memory whatsoever. Everybody <laughs> listens to the show. So if I don't have my book in front of me, I'll say, well, I don't know what happened. I can't remember any of it. Paul well, will, though. I had a bit of a weird moment. It was like just after Chile had won their game, and we'd been sort of dancing up and down with the Chileans and celebrating with them. And I came out, there's a little press area of the fan zone, and I came out there, they got the separate little loos. So I come out the loo, and this Chilean guy was waiting to go in. We just looked at each other, and he kind of... He, we hugged it out. I've got absolutely no idea. I've never met the man before. I just went, Ray, and he sort of we had a bit of a hug, and uh, he spoke English, and I'm saying, you're fantastic, you're great, and the fans are fantastic. This little, lovely little World Cup moment out of nowhere. Mm. A little bit of, a bit, a bit of a man oh, moment. Lovely, yeah. And, of course, he's doing the show with Paul next yeah, week. I'm off. <laughs> You've roped him in. And we, <laughs> we did have a... I, I, I'm fortunate to have come here before, and I stayed at the Copacabana Palace, gave myself and the wife a bit of a treat. And it's a beautiful hotel, you know, set bladder staying there. Of course, you, you can imagine it's the best hotel around. And I sort of booked two months in advance uh, the, the Sunday brunch. And... Uh, we, we went there and we had a few friends and everything, and somebody said, can Alan Shearer come along? So it, he did, and it was great spending time with him. And he really was, a, he was lovely, yeah. wasn't he? Very, it's interesting very talking to him. Very yeah. unspoiled. That, that was a highlight for me. Yeah, that was good. It was great fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on good form. 
that and going to meet the World Cup referees. Darren Can, the one of the Howard's lines, the Howard Webb's lines, loves the show. We're really flattered. I mean, I'm not going to say loves the show. I mean, he's absolutely addicted to the show. <laughs> and uh, he sort of, and, and, and my work on fantasy football, he said to me, I've got every single VHS of every programme you did. I thought, well, I haven't. That's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great to yeah. meet them. They were great. It was really fascinating chatting to them. They're just out in a place called Baja, about 30 minutes from here. And that's where the referees, all the referees stay in the places. There's a real kind of camaraderie between them. They're the Turkish referee and some of the Dutch team are in the bar at the same time. And they're kind of, you know, having a bit of a jokey pop at each other. But as a referee and a couple of linesmen from El Salvador just found out they got a game. And they were all there hugging them and you know, giving them handshakes, saying, well done, guys, it's fantastic. So it's a real brotherhood amongst all the officials, definitely. What have you made of the refereeing at this tournament? Because it started off, there was a bit of criticism in a couple of the early matches. Um, but overall, how have you felt that it's compared? Well, I think the problem is that uh, the guy that allocates, Massimo Basaka, who allocates the referees, he's got a very difficult job. You've got to try and not have a, you know, when there's a European and South American team, you try and have another ref. But if it's of a certain stand, they've got to have a a higher standard of referee and so it is very difficult and the, some of the things they've done really what they do we love referees and no referee ever does anything I promise you this and call it as they see it but don't put the guys in the position so for example the first game Japan versus Brazil they put a Japan uh, Japan versus Brazil versus uh, Croatia. They put a Japanese referee in charge. You, you are aware that the Japanese population of Brazil is the biggest outside of Japan. Why would you do that? Again, the game on the big talk, talking point, the England-Uruguay game, a Spanish ref who knows Godin, who comes from Madrid, who referees those players at least 15 or 20 times a season. Why, put, why not give it a, a Dutch referee, an Italian referee, a German referee? Why put the guy on offer like that so that afterwards people go, well, anybody else would have sent him off? And it changed the game. It was a real game changer. So that, that's my main view of the refereeing. Otherwise, I think they, they've done OK. The, the flip side of that, of course, is that they would argue Uruguay, they've got a European referee, and that puts them at a disadvantage. So they would, the counterpoint to that, OK, he, is, he speaks their language and he knows some of their players, but they would argue he'll come at it from a, a European ref's point of view, which is very different. Um, the, the refereeing, I think we saw last night, fairly horrendous tackle on uh, on yeah Beckerman. by Beckerman on uh, Raul, uh, was Morales, Raul wasn't Morales. Um, who not only got taken from behind, then got an elbow in the face and didn't even get a yellow card, Beckerman, the USA player. And I think the feeling has been a little bit lenient. And I think once we get into the next stage, they might be getting a little bit more hardline. I can't believe that's not filtering down from the top. So, uh, yeah, they've been cutting them far more slack than you would normally imagine, really. Bless you. Um, the sights and sounds of Rio, something to behold. Uh, is there anything left on your wish list? Where are you heading to next? Uh, well, we got to Santa Teresa, which is a, uh, a nice little area, apparently. We went to Lapa the other night, which is a very lively sort of district. It's kind of kids. I mean, uh, people listening at home from Liverpool. It's, a, it's kind of Concert Square, Matthew Street on a Saturday night. Uh, it's full of very young people, uh, all had a drink, and much, much like Concert Square, Matthew Street, certainly my experience, no trouble tonight. <laughs> Bless you, Lindsay. Bless it's, an, it's a nice atmosphere, and <laughs> I picked up a call. It's a bit like that, with with <laughs> respect. Now you've given it to us, Mark. <laughs> In terms of that area, not the city as a whole. Before we get Liverpool fans getting up, fantastic architecture. It's a kind of it's a lot of warehousey buildings, and they they like the area really nice. You should definitely go and check that out if you're here. You should uh, stick around till Lindsay finishes that caper. In. She'll sneeze full in your face. Yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. It's the petrol, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's got to. You. It's it's diesel actually. It's not petrol. Don't worry. Oh, that also offer you a sip. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, also, go for a swim in the sea. I've not done that yet. I know you have, and you've lived to tell the tale. So, uh, um, Shearer was telling us he's been going in there uh, most days, and he's not come down with anything. So, the, the water's cleaner up by Ipanema and Leblon, they say, than Copacabana. But I'm going in, definitely going in before Bearing in mind that Alan Shearer is a Geordie as well, so the Geordies can pretty much put up with any level of temperature <laughs> and any level of sewage. Yeah, you're probably right, actually, yeah. So he, but he's been fine. Thank you very much, both. Uh, I'll, I'll swallow my caparina oh, first. It's those first couple of mouthfuls. You can't speak. <laughs> Honestly, it goes, it's the sugar and, and everything. Yeah, it goes right to your head. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for speaking to us, and uh, thanks for having us on your show. Uh, well, it's, it's called media cannibalism. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. That's we what smoke it is. up each other's backsides. That's what we do love in this business you scratch my back and i'll scratch yours <laughs> let's just get quickly from you how this rates as um a world cup amongst all the ones that you've been to is this going to be one of the one of the standout ones for you we were talking to adrian durham later he said germany is fantastic south africa not so much for him but he's he by far and away thinks this has been the best world cup for him so far well this is our first one at talk sport i've been i was uh, in america i saw a couple of games in the us i saw the final at usa 94 which wasn't a great game but it was a great experience to be a world cup final and I was in Germany uh, for a, a little period of time, just as a punter, during 2006. This is the first time we've worked on a World Cup for TalkSport away from home in a concentrated way like this. And the fact that football's been brilliant, it's been the icing on the cake, the experience has been brilliant. So, yeah, I, we've absolutely loved it. And you kind of sense a lot of people have thrown a lot of money uh, at this one because they probably don't fancy Russia and they certainly don't fancy Qatar. So they felt like this might be the first one for the next one for the next 12 years not going to get another chance to do it so they've they've made the effort I've been going to football for 57 years now and uh, I've never been to a World Cup before this and I've only ever been to two World Cup games I went in 1966 I went to see I think it was England-Mexico I can't remember England-France Bobby Charlton Bobby scored yeah, what a, goal, a great goal and that was 2-0 so I remember that game it was a lot better than the one I went to yesterday it was yeah. a right stinker really <laughs> still I was in the sun my tan's good I've got a lovely tan so I'm not I'm not complaining that's been our mantra here yeah. because people don't back, complain not, yeah. yeah people back home you know I, I turned up here this is true actually and uh, I'd only been in the flat a couple of minutes but I know this part of the world I spend a lot of time in South America and in the winter I know how hot it gets it's about 40 41 degrees and our flat though it's beautiful as you see there's no air conditioning so I happen to say I can't believe there's no air conditioning in this flat so Adrian Durham the devil <laughs> he tweeted oh uh, Andy Jacobs has only been here five minutes he's already complaining about the fact there's no air conditioning oh I got dogs abuse on yeah. Twitter you know really people say oh you should no I can't even tell you what the people they said to me so we really are genuinely not complaining yeah. like yourselves it's just wonderful to be here it really is a fabulous fabulous experience although when you first walked into the, the talk sports studio slash lounge you both said oh it's been fun but it's been hard work and we're saying don't say that on air you know, if you're just if you're driving around the West End in 80 degrees at the moment, or uh, up in Newcastle, Liverpool, and Manchester, and you're driving a taxi and you're stuck in traffic, they don't want to hear four people saying, "Oh, we're working so hard while we're here." So it's all relative, isn't it? Let's be honest. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us, lads. Best of luck for the rest of your time here. How long are you out here for now? Well, when do you go? We leave on Friday. We were hoping to be here and we're hoping to go back and watch England in there the next stage. They're going to be home before us, which is very sad, but uh, it's been a great two weeks. And my other, my other big hope is I hope we get upgraded on the way home. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. We, we did on the way out. Did you? And he's uh, and he pulled a few strokes with an old mate of his. Yeah, we did. I'll tell you what, it's that, it's that Southern Comfort advert, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 going hugely viral. <laughs> I recommend turning up at the airport in those little black trunks oh, and yeah. seeing how you get on. They'll turn me away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. No worries.
the female take on football, and this time from Brazil. Sports Social Podcast Network.